0: ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Rise of Kin. I am reporting live from the mountains of Idaho and just got back from a week-long trip to New Mexico with our oldest, my son. Uh, He's 10 years old for anyone who doesn't know. And we've had a couple of Wild and hectic weeks. We went from the deep jungles of Costa Rica and surfing and 95 degree days and, you know, 80 to 100% humidity to a brief stop in Miami, visited some family and friends, and uh, then up to the Teton Valley area of Idaho and Wyoming with a rental car. And, uh, then we needed to pick up our truck, which is at my uncle's place in New Mexico. And so the boy and I hopped a flight two days after we had the girls settled in, stopped in Phoenix for a night, jumped a little puddle jumper to the Southwestern part of New Mexico, hung out with my uncle, helped him do some awesome stuff, uh, make a fence for some new goats that my cousin is adopting. And uh, then packed down some of our stuff and drove up from New Mexico to Idaho in two days. It was an epic trip, to say the least. Great to see family, of course, but also, um, you know, the trip with my son was just one of those incredible experiences that hopefully... He will never forget. I will definitely never forget it. We started off heading up through the mountains on the very western border of New Mexico. We saw so much wildlife as we moved through the, that entire kind of, it's kind of the continental divide corridor because you're running up the Rocky Mountains. So we drove, day one, we drove from my uncle's place up to Moab, Utah, um, which is like the four by. I had no idea that it was like the four by four capital of the world. There was a big Jeep conference and just fleets of four by fours going on tours, which is pretty cool because my son is very interested in all things four by four right now. Um, had the idea. I had the genius idea at the outer edge of winter time to do dispersed camping. Uh, Since I had tried to do it over the summer with all four kids, um, turned out to be a little bit difficult (laughs) without some serious planning and not, you know, without going and exploring the area first, uh, which is obviously impossible to do to an area that you've never been. So we did some research online, found a, a pretty highly rated dispersed camping area Uh, we, we had a flat tire on the trailer that we were bringing back. We're bringing back a trailer to pick up some four by four parts for our land cruiser to do the work on later this summer. But we were driving through Navajo nation. I noticed there was a flat tire. Uh, we swapped it on the side of the highway, which again, is just one of those experiences, uh, (laughs) that I think the boy will never forget. You know, it was, uh, The wind was blowing. It was cold. The trucks were flying by at 80 miles an hour, kicking dust up at us. And we had to use the tools that we had on hand to jack up the trailer and swap the tire. Fortunately, we had a spare. Um, So we ended up getting to Moab very late in the evening as the sun was just setting. The first road we went up uh realized that it was a very rugged and rough four by four road and that it with our with the trailer we didn't want to risk blowing another tire because we didn't have a spare we didn't have a chance to swap it and so we did some quick research it was getting late and dark quickly we hadn't eaten dinner and picked an area in the LaSalle mountains um that had also highly rated dispersed camping and it had a paved road So drove up to the top of the pass. Still massive amounts of snow up there. Uh, Got to a spot that we thought would work and posted up. I made several critical survival errors, which was our warm clothes that were at my uncle's were still packed in hunting bins in the bed of my truck. And it was so cold by the time we got up there because it was nighttime and it was up in a mountain pass that, uh, we didn't have like thick socks or pants. We were wearing, you know, sweatpants and socks. Actually, my son was wearing flip-flops like a true jungle Island boy. Uh, and he had no socks on our sleeping bag is rated at 20 degrees, but uh, for anybody who's ever tested that you probably want like a 15 to 20 degree buffer uh, cause it just is not comfortable. You really need something more than that. Like if we are sleeping in 30 degree weather, you want something rated at 10 degrees in my personal opinion. So the boy fell asleep lightning fast in about 30 seconds, which is, you know, a classic, classic move. Um, and I, I wrapped him up as best as I could in a fleece blanket that we had with our sleeping bag. And I stayed up for a few hours with the wind just blowing hard in our rooftop tent and <laughs> warming my body up. And ended up wrapping the fleece bank blanket around my feet so that my feet wouldn't freeze. And, you know, it was one of those unforgettable experiences of just hunkering down. Uh, we skipped dinner and... Ended up falling asleep, woke up at like eight o'clock in the morning. It was beautiful. The sun was just coming up over the LaSalle mountain range. And when we poked our head out the tent, that area that we had picked had a drop in view of Arches National Park that was just completely majestic. I mean, we were surrounded by snow uh, all through the LaSalle Mountains, which are on the, I believe they're on the southeastern edge. Of Arches National Park, and just looking at just red clay, uh, the beauty of Arches. It was it was pretty incredible. We dropped down into town, and loaded up on breakfast burritos, a couple coffees, and uh, packed uh, or picked up picked up some donuts that the girls wanted because uh, we were going to make another drive that day. My son is very interested in photography and has really developed a keen eye for nature photography as part of his homeschooling. I mean, we're, we are definitely freestyle flowing without much of an agenda. And one of his favorite activities is just taking his camera around and shooting different things. He was doing it the entire time we were in Costa Rica. It really started in the Northwest. Uh, Actually, it started when we were living in Hawaii. He found an old... Canon camera from like 2010 which is you know vintage in his view it's it is digital but it has limited functionality compared to newer cameras and he started he he really started just taking like beautiful photos he, he did a master class while we were staying at my uncle's in the fall uh, on photography and I've kind of watched him develop his skill set on that which is really amazing I mean it's incredible to watch a 10 year old take such interest in an activity like that and really absorb the things that he learned about lighting and capturing the emotion of an experience and all of those things. And so he, we were driving, we loaded up, you know, fueled up, got the flat tire uh, fixed for our spare on the trailer, so we had an extra one for the for the next drive, which is about 550 miles through the Rocky Mountains uh, up into Utah or up up through Utah. We ended up going through Salt Lake City and into Idaho. And as we started on the road, we got about 20 minutes outside of town, and we were on the edges of Arches National Park. And he was like, "Man, I really want to see the park, but we don't have time." And so I pulled over and said, "Hey, man." you know, we're out here to experience this stuff. If we just rush through this, we're kind of missing the point of traveling through a place like this. So I turned around. We drove back to the entryway to Arches National Park. Uh, I figured that we would not need reservations because it was only April 1st and I figured we were way ahead of the season. The line was horrendously long and all the permits for timed entry were sold out for the day. So I was able to secure a canyoneering permit so that we could go explore some of the canyons and that worked out fine. We had to wait in line for about an hour. But once we got in the park, it was just, uh, if you've never been to Arches National Park, that is an unforgettable experience to see the landscape and the petrified sand dunes and all the rock structures and their uniqueness, um, it, it truly was magical. And he he captured it beautifully through his own lens. He picked one arch that he wanted to hike to called Delicate Arch, which I believe is the arch that's on the Utah license plates. It's pretty, pretty famous. And, you know, we got in a two-and-a-half-hour hike. J- just the experience was magical, you know, just capturing... His lens of nature. We saw the mountains that we slept in and camped in through the arch. The hike was magical, and uh, we it, we basically finished in the park around three thirty, and we're starving. So found a great spot in Moab. Is a little Vietnamese place that had incredible food, and didn't really hit the road until four thirty p.m. We had about a nine and a half hour drive in front of us, and we decided to just hunker down and make it because we didn't want to stay in Salt Lake City. And there was also a snowstorm and winter, winter weather warnings as you came out of Salt Lake City into the mountains of Idaho. So we decided to power through, pedal to the metal, observing the speed limit, of course, uh, for the most part. And... Hauled butt through the mountains, entered into Salt Lake City, refueled. And as we passed into Idaho, it was just uh, the snow started coming down pretty hard. Uh, and it was late at night. I drank three energy drinks to keep myself awake. The boy only slept for about 30 minutes. And, uh, you know, we entertained each other. We were listening to some very interesting UFO podcast that he was that he was interested in uh, as well as the Twitter files that he was interested in. We I let him listen to a couple of Joe Rogan's along the way um, And you know the overall experience was it was just magical you know we have a very busy household with four little ones and they're all younger than him. he's the oldest and so my objective the entire trip was just to let him, kind of be the guide on what we were doing and so i would lay out the options for the day uh including you know back at my uncle's we had a bunch of stuff to load up we needed to load a and install a road shower which is just a tank that you can install on the side of your truck you can fill it up with water and pressurize it and that way we would have some extra water um for showers if we needed washing hands whatever whatever and you know he he (laughs) he's really got like that inner engineer within him that he loves doing those little projects. And so I just let him lead no real agenda. You know, I, it was magical to kind of see his progress, you know, and I was flashing back to holding him as a young child and how much he's grown since that time and how much he's evolved and, um, it it was beautiful. It was really beautiful to get that time together, to get that one-on-one time together and to do it on this very interesting journey through the West. So, you know, it was, uh, it, it was an unforgettable experience to say the, to say the least. It, it was something that, you know, I hope every father and child gets the opportunity to do or makes the opportunity to do. Um, you know, you're on this journey and we're trying to get our truck back so that we can return the rental car. Uh, you know, we have two vehicles in the States and he was a part of it. You know, we went through the, the difficulties of a flat tire and, uh, one of the brackets on the trailer broke and dropped the rear gate to it while we were driving down a, a dirt road. So fortunately, we had an extra bolt and were able to fix it to get it to get it back with us to Idaho. Um, and just you know, kind of watching him persevere through a very long and tiring trip and use that as an opportunity to explore and have fun. I mean, we covered so much diverse landscape from the high desert of New Mexico to Navajo Nation into you know the the red desert of Utah and arches, then dropping into the bowl of Salt Lake City and the mountains that surround that. And and then as the sunset, the next day, you know, heading into Idaho and up through the Tetons, it was pretty incredible. Definitely uh, what I'm trying to show them is the diversity in nature and not to be afraid of nature and not to be afraid of adventuring and taking your own path in life. Because at the end of the day, that is living, right, (laughs) is to design your own path in in my view. So, you know, it's great to obviously be back with the family. We just got back yesterday and everybody was like nonstop excited. chatterboxes the entire, from the time they realized that we were there because we came in in the middle of the night and they had no clue that we were here at the house. And so, you know, thankfully my wife let us sleep because I got to bed at like 4.30 in the morning. They woke us up about 8.30 just crawling on top of us and uh, chatter boxing, which was also pretty magical. Uh, We got in a little snow play and then as part of our oldest getting to go on the trip with me, I told our two middle kids, the girls, that I would book one-on-one camping trips and so I just figured out a couple of spots, one spot in, actually two spots in Yellowstone to go in about a month so that each one of them gets a chance to go just overnight, easy one night trips, you know, one on one campfire, hot dogs, s'mores, simple stuff, you know, sleep out in our rooftop tent, bring a little bit more cold weather gear just in case the temperature is still dropping up here at night because there is still snow falling up here. And uh, it's pretty, pretty brisk when you're sleeping outside. Um, but that's that's the rundown. There's obviously a lot packed in to that. I have a couple more things that I want to discuss on different episodes about the journey from Costa Rica to here and a couple things that I observed uh, along the trip. But I wanted to get out this episode and share that part of the journey because it's so fresh and it was just, you know, such an incredible experience. That time to the, you know, for me, the time is now to do these one-on-one trips to do these things and not just weekend warrior. It's like just design life around them as much as possible and then do what needs to be done on any commercial front to be able to sustain a lifestyle. And, uh, you know, we've got a few more, actually many more adventures planned for this year. But uh, that was an incredible one. That really was a lot of fun. And it was much needed one-on-one time. So, again, appreciate everybody who listens to these updates. Um, You know, I've got a couple more that I'm looking to post over the next week or two. This podcast is published on Substack under Rise of Kin. So please follow along if you're interested in hearing more about the journey. You can also follow along via Spotify and I believe Apple podcasts at this point. So check that out, which means it should be available on all major podcast platforms. Appreciate everybody listening. Hope everyone has an incredible week and, you know, live in peace.